0: Today, on the Travel Guys. In sports news, the Dodgers got whooped. In the travel news, the State Department temporarily reopens its online passport renewal program. We'll tell you why that's important. And in Hawaii, visitor counts have fallen off rather
1: suddenly. We
0: have details.
1: In our Smarter Traveler segment, we talk about which days of the week are generally where you can get a load of the lower fares and which days are almost always higher. How to fly on the right day, coming up at 3.20. 3.20. Hotel service has
0: suffered since the start of COVID. Where does it go from here? And what words should you use to know to put up a red flag on a vacation rental? Chris Elliott joins us from the island of
1: Cyprus across the pond to answer these important questions at 335. Delta and Starbucks are the latest to announce a loyalty program. We have details and talk about the value of points and miles for a bit at 350. What a spectacular
0: weekend weather-wise. Thanks for spending part of it with The Travel Guide. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. I've got two tickets to paradise. to, go to Alaska. Go north to rush your zone.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Don't forget you can follow along. Links to our special guests and all kinds of cool stuff can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And as you might have uh, been able to tell at the top of the program there, Mark's pretty excited about <laughs> this demise of the the Dodgers. You know, this is pretty common, you know, if you're a Giants fan Generally, you're a Dodger hater, which uh-huh. means that you just there's just nothing about watching the Dodgers do well is is a positive thing. And I know last night when my wife told me, "Oh, the Dodgers are out of it," I I, I thought I could hear cheering from a few miles away, and the voice sounded like Mark.
0: Yeah, well, it's 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 a shame. Listen, it's all in good fun. It's just uh, being a it is a baseball it's just a game. The Dodgers had a incred had did had they have an incredible team, one of the best teams in baseball history, and this goofy playoff system has prevented them from going to the World Series for the umpteenth year in a row, which. Makes me quite happy since they whooped the Giants all year long, and they whooped the Padres. But when it came down to it, uh, the folks in San Diego in the rain last night, and uh, they got a little rainstorm towards the end of the, the ball game there, so they were all soaking wet. And it I'm sure it'll be a memory for a long time. Now, of course, I have no love for the Padres, so I've become a Phillies fan now. Um, to <laughs> so, so the Padres will go down. I'm actually a, a Giant Cardinal fan, but my teams are out of it. So. Um, the Dodgers now can sit on the sidelines. Nobody will remember that the Dodgers, you know, had a great year. They'll just remember that they didn't go to the World Series. I, speaking, of how, Southern, yeah,
1: speaking of Southern California, you're headed that way, but not to a Dodger game.
0: No, I'm taking a bunch of folks down to Santa Barbara. I haven't taken a tour group ever to Santa Barbara specifically. We've Our company has taken them there. But we have a little four-day, three-night trip. We're going to go down and stay at a nice place there right next to the ocean. In Santa Barbara, there, a lot of the properties are on ocean front because there's a park area between the hotels and the ocean. So you're a couple blocks off of the ocean there, but it's uh, there's a beautiful park. Stearns Wharf, those of you who know Santa Barbara, have a couple friends who graduated from UCSB over in Goleta, home of the world's most famous Taco Bell. That's a story for another day. Uh, but anyway, Santa Barbara is, uh, is a great destination, and I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to spend a couple days hobbling around there.
1: All right. look forward to a recap when you get back. Uh, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we do our best to bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the travel news for today, boys and girls, here's Mark. The State Department
0: has temporarily reopened its online passport renewal program, or at least it will as of tomorrow. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link. Um, This is a temporary thing. They did it in August for a while. It's a way to renew your passport a little bit easier than you would otherwise. So if your passport is up for renewal and you were just about to make an appointment to go in, this might be a way for you to do it a little bit easier. Uh, then otherwise, I haven't renewed my passport in a long time, so um, it's going to be up for renewal next year. So, but anyway, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link, um, or you can just look it up online. There is a temporary opening to be able to renew your passport online, which would save you a lot of hassle. Hawaii, uh, which has been really overrun with visitors, the last time I was there with a the group was in uh, was in eight, it was in March, April, May. Uh, we had we went to Kauai and Maui. And there were a lot of people, and prices were high, and the Hawaiians were doing the best they could to take care of folks, but there were a lot of people. Did I mention there were a lot of people? Um, Yes. Suddenly, we've gotten after Labor Day, and the visitor counts in Hawaii have fallen off rather dramatically. And folks folks who, who, who talk about these things over there are speculating that it may be the hotel prices that may have finally gotten to people. Um, the five and six and seven hundred dollar a night rates on Maui for properties that used to be half that, and even on some of the other islands, um, I know we have a group going to the King Kamehameha Hotel at the end of March, early April, and I was just floored that the best rate that we could get was about two hundred and eighty nine dollars, uh, and what time you add taxes to that and stuff, you're looking at well over three hundred a night. Uh, if you're sharing a room with somebody, that's not so bad, but if you're you're traveling solo, that's a lot of bread. You go and stay five six nights. It's a couple grand just for the hotel.
1: It is the King Kamea Kamea. That that's uh, right there in downtown uh, Kona, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great it's a great spot. It's kind of a moderate hotel. It's not you know luxury or anything. It's a
0: courtyard by Marriott now, so it's it's solid property. But, and they have a great luau on, on, on uh, property and stuff like that. But anyway, the folks in Hawaii are a little bit concerned that the visitor counts have suddenly fallen off. They haven't fallen off after Labor Day around the country more than they normally would, but they have a little bit in Hawaii. And the people are thinking that some of the folks over there who, who look at the economy and stuff are a little concerned that maybe the hotel rates have finally gotten to people. Wouldn't that be a good thing if uh, folks had finally said, you know, uh, this hotel room that was – 279 a year ago is 500 now and i just you know uh, no no it's not we draw the line or perhaps the the economy is starting to concern folks airfare prices have continued to rise there are 40 percent in september compared to september of 2021 Uh, so we've seen inflation Of a little over 8%, we've seen airfares go up a little over 40%. So if you're wondering why it's costing more to travel these days, for business, for pleasure, or just to fulfill that mileage requirement at the end of the year, why, there you go, 40%, 40%, actually, to be technically right, 42% airfares are up. Mexico has eliminated the face mask requirement for air travel if you are headed to Mexico, which I think is good news for uh, my business... Partner, Sports Leisure President Clayton Whitehead, who is headed to Mexico for a business meeting tomorrow. So they have dropped the masking requirement. This is going to be kind of surprising, I'm sure, to most people, he said sarcastically. Mm -hmm. The headline says, rising costs result in declining rental car customer satisfaction. (laughs) Does it it surprise you that people Uh, are having to pay more? Um, For, in some cases, less service from rental car companies. They they seem to have solved the problem of not having enough cars, which we were looking at five or six months ago. But yes, uh, car rental satisfaction surveys are showing that customers are not as happy paying inflated car rental prices from car rental companies.
1: Well, and not only are they inflated, but the, the you know the few times that I've rented uh, this year, and and some of it has been uh, somewhat recently. Uh, I mean, filthy cars, uh, all scraped up, uh, it st- stains in places on in the car that you don't even want to guess what it might be. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like the the car rental companies fail to care about anything any longer except for getting you in. I, I read a good one the other day where. Somebody had uh, they went in to get, rent a premium automobile, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and it wasn't available. And so uh, oftentimes if you're going to rent a car, they'll try to upgrade you, charge you an extra twenty five bucks a day to get an upgrade. This person couldn't get his premium car. So what they did, they says, it, they says, well, we can get you a premium and it's going to take about three hours. But I'll tell you what, we can downgrade you mm-hmm. for an extra twenty bucks uh, a day. Uh, and get you in a car right now.
0: Wait, so wait, wait, up, wait, wait, up, wait.
1: We can downgrade. He, 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 you could pay more yes. money. He paid more money uh-huh. to get a lesser car because he could get it now Just rather than now. you know right. after waiting twenty minutes and then told another forty minutes and then saying there is no premiums. We can we can down. We'll, we'll give you a downgrade. Do you think the car rental companies
0: and the airlines and the and the and the hotels all get in a, in a room and have a big crap game and laugh about all of this <laughs> at our expense? Uh, you, you, you you, you kind of sort of it, – it's almost as though um, one guy has the idea, um, as we're going to talk to Chris Elliott at the, at the bottom of the hour. And Chris is going to explain how he thinks the hotels are starting to follow the airline's business model. And the argument he makes is a pretty strong one. So um, hang around for that. Chris is uh, in Cyprus with his uh, – two sons and they are trotting around Europe and he is joining us uh, at the bottom of the hour so make sure you're around for that Um, let's be fair here we gave the, the rental car companies a bad time Hertz is headquartered in South uh, East Florida, which, of course, took the direct hit from the hurricane. And Hertz has announced that they are donating a million dollars to employees community, and communities impacted by Hurricane Ian. This is a press release that came out about a week ago. And since then, they have made an additional $500,000 donation to the Florida Disaster Fund and contributed $150,000 to a southwest Florida emergency relief fund. Um, which helps the counties where they are headquartered and a lot of their employees live. So um, to be fair with the situation, Hertz is stepping up in their home territory and helping Mm -hmm. out their folks, um, their employees and staff. So uh, good good for for them. them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Delta Airlines is expanding their air and rail program in Europe. I know a lot of folks really like, especially independent travelers, love these air and rail programs because they save you money. They also sometimes give you better connections. So if you are an air and rail traveler or you think that something like that would be fun in Europe and you want to package your air with it uh, to get over there and to get home and perhaps any air that doesn't, you know, to connect the rails along the way there. Also in Europe, a lot of these major cities are really close together and the air flights are short. Um you're doing the environment a favor if you will take the train instead of go by air. If you go to travelguysradio.com you will find that we put a link there to uh, some information about the new program that Delta Airlines is starting with uh, along with rail travel in Europe. Hawaii. It's shaking, rattling and rolling over there. Honolulu On the Big Island, um, which tends to be shaking all the time anyway, um, 5.0 earthquake. They've had actually three earthquakes there uh, in the last few days. Uh, Seismologists say nothing to be too concerned about. This happens once in a while. One of the flanks of the earthquake is apparently rearranging the uh, deck chairs, and so that's why they're having a a little rattling there. It happens every once in a while. Probably is a little more unnerving to the people of Hawaii. (laughs) on <laughs> the big island, uh, a lot of things going on over there all the time. If you are somebody speaking of not flying, there is a new company running a bus service. They've started from Nashville to Washington DC. It's an overnight service, 600 mile journey. You buy a ticket uh for $125, you can sleep on the bus. There are 16 suites on board and hmm. uh this company is trying this out. They hope to expand it to other cities. Uh, they figured it out and, and decided that it would take four more hours from your from your home rather than going to the bus depot, getting on the bus, and riding overnight to Washington, as opposed to going to the airport, checking in when you're supposed to, flying there, getting your luggage, getting downtown into New York, into uh, Washington DC. So anyway, kind of an interesting um, theory. The the suites uh, will will fit a person as tall as six foot foot four. Sweets so. on a bus. Sweets on a bus. Absolutely. I, and since we, we are the, can we see? Can we see
1: that bus? Uh, can we post that on Travel Guys?
0: It's please. a regular size forty-five foot motor coach, well. with two levels. Two levels. Um, anyway, Inderoy right. Lloyd, Lloyd Weber, since we are the travel and entertainment guys, has a brand new show which is going to open on Broadway in the spring. It's called Bad Cinderella. Um. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I've heard about that in the exceptionally beautiful kingdom of Belleville. The fields are idyllic. The front prince is charming, and the townsfolk are ravishing. Only one intractable pe- peasant stands in the way of sheer perfection: Cinderella. Um. And to the to the flawless citizens and sovereigns of Belleville, this damsel is the distress. So, sounds like it might be fun. It opens, the previews open in February, and the show opens on Broadway on March the 23rd. Bad Cinderella, the latest from Andrew Lloyd Webber. And that is your travel news for today.
1: All right. Again, TravelGuysRadio.com links to uh, a lot of the stuff that Mark just talked about uh, you can find there. And coming up on on our Smarter Traveler segment here after a a short time out, we're going to talk about the the best days of the week to get the lowest airfares and uh, of course uh, in to go along with that the the worst days the most expensive days to buy airfare that's coming up right here next on the travel guys hey what do you know it's mark and tom the travel and entertainment guys brought to you by sports leisure vacations been doing a lot of uh spending a lot of time online looking at airfares and such i got a lot of uh, balls in the air with my uh, daughter flying back to California I be looking at stuff for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. it, it it's it's things constantly uh changing here and one of the things I've uh, I've learned from from Mark over the years is what days are the best days to fly where you can get the cheapest fare my problem is is that when I'm booking it for for family they never want to fly on those days Mm-hmm. Oh no no! I want to get out of town on Sunday. Yeah, because well, that's, that's the day that added, he's got the day off. I go. Yeah. No, we can't do that. Let's can, can we fly on? How about Saturday? So we Saturday has become the alternative. It's not great, but certainly better than uh, that Monday or that Sunday. Or Mark, uh, make our people smarter travelers in regards to picking the best days for the best fares. Before I help them, I'm
0: gonna they're gonna address your issue here first. Saturday, you're right, is a good day. Take the latest flight on Saturday that you can take. Oftentimes, the last, the late flights, the really late flights on that operate on other days of the week don't operate on Saturday because Saturday is such a is the slowest day of the week at the airport, and we'll explain some more about that in a minute. But for your personal situation, if you take a flight that leaves, if you're going down to San Antonio and you leave on Saturday afternoon, you will probably get the best. And arrive in San Antonio nine or ten o'clock on Saturday night. You'll probably get the best fare that you would get at any time during the week.
1: Right. Okay. And and coming the other way is is also true. The, of course, the the big fear, and we've talked a lot about that. The later in the day that you uh, you you book, the better chance of there possibly being uh-huh. uh, being delays. You take a you take a risk, especially yeah.
0: now that we're headed into the winter. Um, as the day goes on. You know, the, the runway is, is clear and the, the, the planes are de-iced and everybody's ready to go at 6 o'clock in the morning. But once that plane makes a couple segments and it's got to fly into some weather and stuff like that and it's got to be deiced and runways have got to be cleared at places that it goes along the way, another thing you can do is you can look at Where, especially if you're buying a ticket only a couple weeks out, you can look at where your plane is going. You can look at it online and be able to, in many cases, now that doesn't mean that that plane will have the same routing and the same everything two weeks from now, but it at least gives you a general idea. If you've got a plane that's coming to Sacramento that touches um, Cleveland and Detroit in the day before it gets to you, why then that's probably not a really good choice in the middle of December, I'm just saying. So anyway, back mm-hmm. to the back to the subject at hand here before we get too far distracted. The best days to buy to travel Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Middle of the week, middle of the weekend. And that Saturday thing that we were talking about, Tom and I here, the later you can go on Saturday, probably the better fare you can find. Also, I've noticed recently, Southwest is running all these screwball five AM flights, and regardless of the day of the week. They are cheaper. If you hit Tuesday, Wednesday, (laughs) Saturday, they are super cheap. So if you're willing to get out of bed in the middle of the night and go to the airport, you can fly really cheap. That's just a, a sidebar there for Southwest. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, expensive days, Sunday, Monday, Friday. Why is that? Because business travelers are going to and from on Sunday, Monday, Friday. Those are the days that connect to the business week of Monday through Friday. Also... You've got your weekend leisure travelers who get off work on Friday and say, well, let's get out of town. The later you travel on Friday, the more expensive it will be. And the earlier you fly on Monday morning, you try to take that first flight on Monday morning, you will often find that that's the most expensive flight of the week. So um, that's a lot of rigmarole, but it can be simplified here. If the cheap days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, particularly Saturday afternoon, the more expensive days, Sunday, Monday, and Friday. Now, if you're talking about Thanksgiving weekend or something, all that is completely out the window. None of that. All of that has to do with non-holiday weekends or when there isn't a Comic Con convention in the city that you're flying into or something like that. This refers to under reasonably normal circumstances that you should be able to get a ticket. Now, you'll notice that we left out one day of the week. We haven't mentioned at all. And that's Thursday. Thursday is considered to be sort of the neutral day. So that's the day when fares are generally not high or low. And in fact, if you're shopping for fares and you're a little bit, you know, anal about all of this stuff and you're looking all around and you're trying to make absolutely certain that you get the best price, check out what a Thursday costs to start with. And then check out what a Wednesday costs and then check out a Friday costs. And you should see Friday the most expensive, Thursday in the middle, and Wednesday on the bottom. All things being equal, you may have to look through the fares on those particular days to find the very best fare. And you may find that you know somebody like a Mark from Sports Leisure Vacations has gotten in there on Saturday and reserved forty seats, and that has driven the cost of that particular flight up fairly dramatically. So sometimes way to one, go. One thing. Sometimes some things happen that. Will, the point being that will cause the fare to be artificially high or sometimes yeah. even artificially low. Sometimes, Southwest, now you can get some really good deals even at the very last minute, especially on those early morning fares. Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, best time to get
1: a low airfare. Nobody cares about Thursday. Okay, <laughs> my friends, uh, coming up, we've been promoted earlier. We got our buddy Chris Elliott, consumer advocate, advocate and world traveler. Uh, We visited with him earlier in the week uh, from Cyprus, and we're going to talk about what's going on in the hotel industry. I think you're going to enjoy this, and there's some specific information to make you a smarter traveler. That's next. You're on The Travel Guys. Hey there, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, is always brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget, links to our special guests at TravelGuysRadio.com. And again, across the pond, a long ways away, we visit with our friend uh, Chris Elliott, world traveler and uh, your consumer advocate. Welcome back to the Travel Guys, Chris. Thanks. It's always good to be with you.
0: So how goes the... Uh Chris is, for those of you who don't know, is being escorted around Europe by his two teenage sons. And, uh, are they do- still doing a good job?
2: They're doing a great job, yeah. Yep. Well, one of them is actually 20 already, so technically not a teenager. And the other mm-hmm. one is turning 18 soon, so he's getting there. But yeah, they're doing a great job. You know, they're, um, they're doing their school and, uh, taking care of dad. So I'm happy about that. Are, are both of them in college studies at this point? Yeah, they're uh, actually both in graduate school now. So they're, uh, uh they finished college last year.
0: Well, congratulations to uh, to both of them. At least they're qualified to keep track of Dad as he wanders around Europe. Um, joining us from Cyprus um, this morning, Chris, a um, couple of things here that I want to talk to you about. We often mention your name in vain when you're not with us on the program. I probably should take just a oh, second no. hour <laughs> Yeah, tell folks that um, Chris, is a, as Tom mentioned, is a consumer advocate. Um, he has a website, Elliot.org, two L's and two T's. And um, if you have a consumer problem, you can go there. Chris also has a variety of newsletters and uh, materials that are available to you. Many of them are free. Um, some of them there is a, a, a subscription to. You can find out all about that at his website. And, of course, if you have some sort of a consumer problem, not just a travel problem, um, you can go to the website, and there's a way for you to uh, share your problem and either get some help or find a way, more importantly, that you can help yourself. So having done that, all of that, Chris, um, you penned an article last week about how hotels became a strange shell of their former selves. And I thought it shared some, some really good insight about where the hotel industry is going, which might not necessarily be, you know, it looks like they're following the business model of the, air, of the airline. Share a little bit with us.
2: Yeah, very interesting. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was this hotel conference, and uh, in a candid moment uh, on stage, one of the hotel owners said, look, uh, this is the new normal, is we're going to be giving people less and charging them more. And and it ran, actually, only one uh, news outlet really picked it up. It was one of the trade publications, and they were very uncritical about it. But when I saw it, I was just, my jaw dropped. I thought, here's someone who, it was actually someone who owned several hotels saying, that uh, in the future, and and uh, blaming it by the way on the labor shortage, saying you know people are just going to have to get used to not having their rooms clean, not having the same service, and paying more money for getting less. And that really reminded me of the airlines because that's really what the airlines have been doing, with some notable exceptions. but Most airlines have been saying, you know what, we're not going to give you um, an assigned seat anymore. We're not going to give you a meal um we're going to charge you extra for changing your your seat or changing your ticket and all those things And now now it seems as you know it seems that the hotels are saying wait a minute that's a great business model let's do it too
1: well chris i have to say that it seems like as a as a business model you mentioned that the the hotels are getting it from the airlines and but i i seem to feel that it's like that almost everywhere you go in lots and lots of businesses restaurants included
2: well yeah it is the the thing is though that the this new normal is something where you know the the hotel industry is saying it's not going to change at all and uh, you you just we're going to lower the bar and you're just going to have to deal with it and i think that that's actually wrong if you're going to lower the bar you should at least also lower your prices or You know, do something for the customer. Don't just say we're raising prices because that's really what they're doing, and we're giving you less. That's really not a very good deal for anyone, and I can't believe they think they're going to get away with this. I mean, some of the comments that I got on that story were just remarkable where people were saying, yeah, you know, I checked in, and they told me they weren't going to clean my room at all. I had to empty my own trash. I had to (laughs) ask for towels. Uh, I mean, I could have stayed home, you know. And that's really the situation I think that we find ourselves in now, as people are saying now we want to you know we sh- I should have just gotten an Airbnb because this is this is actually an Airbnb is better than what I'm getting at this hotel it's It's still called the hospitality industry, so there's a problem there's a disconnect between uh, customers and the hotels, uh, and something has to change this is This can't possibly be the new normal.
0: Well, for savvy hoteliers um, who who recognize an opportunity. This is an opportunity to set yourself apart from your competition. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're an everyday Hampton Inn. You can step up your breakfast. You can make sure that you have daily housekeeping or at least offer it to people or have some something that explains what your housekeeping policy is when people walk in the door to the front desk so that they will know that, if I gosh, if I want the housekeeper to come tomorrow, I, I best tell the people at the front desk. To your point, many hotels are now saying are, are now sliding towards. Well, gee, you know, maybe they didn't miss this this much. Maybe there isn't enough value in this that that it's really drawing people in, or maybe they have to come here anyway. And then, of course, I'm waiting for the day uh, which you suggested is when I go to the front desk and I say, you know, what's the housekeeping policy? And they'll say, well, we'll be happy to clean your room tomorrow, Mister Hoffman. It'll be twenty five dollars.
2: Yeah. Well, I know, you're absolutely right. This is an opportunity to zig when everyone else is zagging, and we can already see some hotels some that more mostly on the high end that are saying, "Well, we're bringing everything back' you're, If you're paying 400 dollars a night, you're going to get uh, your room cleaned every day, and there, there's going to be a restaurant downstairs that's open and 24hour room service and all that. How can consumers
0: fight back here? I mean, if this becomes a, a, a oh. growing trend, what do people do?
2: Right. I I did address that in the the story. Um, You know, one of the things that we can do is to go with our wallets, which is to say if a chain decides that it's going to stop housekeeping, just saying, no, I'm not going to stay at that chain anymore. Or if it cuts breakfast. Many hotel chains in the U.S. do have uh, a free breakfast or breakfast included or some type of food service. And if a hotel just says, yeah, we're just going to do away with it, people didn't want it anyway, then just stop going to that hotel. So that's one thing that people can do. The other thing is... Believe it or not, comment cards are read by the hotel. And no one believes that, but I've actually been, uh, you know, talked to hotel owners and managers and I've visited them in their offices and there they are on the desk, the comment cards, and they're looking at them and they say, yes, we read each one of them. And if enough people say, hey, you know, I checked into this hotel, I was expecting to get room service or I was expecting to get uh, housekeeping and you had cut it or you charged extra for it, They're going to listen to that and because it is – the thing about uh, the hotel industry is that it is much more competitive than airlines. There's a big difference there. And so it's not like you only have two choices or one choice. You have a lot of choices, and hotels know that. So if enough people say something, it it will change.
0: We're talking with Chris Elliott, consumer advocate here on The Travel Guys on KFBK. Chris, I want to shift gears for a minute here and and kind of give our listeners a twofer. Um, You had opined up recently about – vacation rentals and you talked about some warning words you were talking about rentals that had gone wrong and that if people had just known what to look for in the description that they might have been able to see that coming you talked about some problem words for for vacation rentals like eclectic and cozy and secluded and urban um and and how those could be if you knew what you were looking for how those could be flashpoint words can you share a little bit about with us about it and try to make our vacation rental people a little bit more savvy.
2: Oh sure, yeah. Well, um it all started when I the idea for this article started when I stayed in uh, a, a rental in Athens that was described as eclectic and I thought, "Oh, yeah, that's nice, you know, they've got paintings on the wall or whatever." It actually was much more eclectic than that. It it had um the kitchen was actually in the hallway and uh the <laughs> I'm not kidding. The kitchen was, the refrigerator was inside a closet and in another closet, there was a sink that you could use to, to clean, uh, your dishes. Uh, and I thought, well, oh. that's really, really eclectic. Yeah. But then I remembered that I had actually written, uh, in my, my book, How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler, I had a whole chapter on vacation rentals and I had written a section on these red flag words that, were uh, would indicate or suggest that maybe something is wrong. And eclectic was one of those. So I didn't follow my own advice. But, uh, <laughs> there, there are other, there are other words that are out there that are, that also, and one of my favorite is cozy, which means the place is really small. It's like a closet. And, uh, people think, oh, cozy, you know, it's just, it's really a euphemism for saying it's, it's tiny. There are, uh, there are so many other words out there. I, I you know, You've got the the list in front of you here. We could probably go down the list. Well, yeah. uh,
0: One example you gave was classic, which means that uh, it's a home run down furniture. If something breaks, you'll pay to replace an antique. Clean, inviting, private, romantic, rustic, secure, warm. These sound like words that you know you would use to describe a nice accommodation. But
2: well, I mean, I mean, like like let's take uh, um, romantic. You know, romantic means don't bring your children. Um, It means that you know there's it's uh you're going to walk in. This, uh, there'll be the king size bed, and then you're, there's no place for your kids to sleep, and if, and, and lots of very expensive antiques. Maybe um, it, it, there's you know, there's so many different words. Um, uh, you guys should probably post the story on your uh, your site because there's just so many of these words that i think people should know we will absolutely do that
0: at (laughs) travelguysradio.com also chris you mentioned another thing that that appears to be happening more and more something that has always been part of the hospitality industry particularly on the hotel side the cruise ship side but that more and more vacation rental folks are photoshopping pictures of their of their properties
2: if you see um something that looks like a professionally taken photo, you should be suspicious Um, because if someone is hiring a professional to take a picture of their vacation rental, it usually means they're trying to cover something up. Um, The best photos of a vacation rental are, you know, most cameras uh, or most phones take really good pictures already. Uh, If something looks very slick and professional, you know, you've got the HDR effect in there. They're usually trying to hide something, but also, i I found out a lot of vacation rentals will actually photoshop things out you know maybe maybe they'll there'll be um classic examples if you're next to a dumpster and they'll photoshop the dumpster out. It's so easy to do that now you have that magic eraser tool that you can use mm-hmm. and um this is the problem is that there are uh, uh v r b o and Airbnb don't have any kind of quality control, so they're not checking to make sure that the photo is accurate. So when you get there, you realize, oh, wait a minute, there's a dumpster down there, and I didn't see that in the photo.
0: Vacation rental warning words. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, we will post it uh, there. Chris, uh, thanks for the uh, for the discussion about where the hotel industry may be headed and a little bit about vacation rentals. You gentlemen be safe in, uh, in Cyprus, and we'll track you down again in a month or so. I understand Israel is your next stop?
2: Uh, yes, Israel and then Switzerland.
0: I can't wait to catch up with you next time and get an update. Again, you guys be safe. Thank you again. You're always very generous with your time. Elliot.org is where you can go to find out more about uh, Chris's consumer advocacy or if you have a need uh, for someone to help you or if you just want to help yourself. Thanks again, Chris. You bet. You know, Tom, it's, it's this whole housekeeping thing and stuff, there's a lot of different opinions on this. A lot of people don't want people in the room at all. A lot of folks are just—they'll tidy up themselves, you know. And if you're—they're going to be there several days, come and get the garbage or give me some fresh towels. Meet me at the door or something like that. I'm one. Of th-
1: I'm one of those.
0: I'm one of—I th- know—I know you are. I'm one of but those. You, but
1: you—but you are just the opposite. You want to be every time you come back to your room, you want it to look like it did the very first day you stepped in.
0: Listen, I—I'm I, not a rich man, but once a month the housekeeper comes to the Hoffman Estate. And restores order to the restroom and the kitchen and stuff like that. (laughs) And, um, and, and when I come home on that day, I walk in the door and of my little condo and I, and everything smells fresh and the, you know, you can see where the vacuum cleaner has been run on the carpet and stuff like that. And I, that's to me is kind of cool. So when I go to a hotel and I come back after the end of the day, and the bed is all made and everything, and I've left the housekeeper a couple of bucks, and maybe in the hallway she said thank you, and and it's to me I just I come back and I get to start all over again, and to me I like that. Right. Now if I go to a hotel and they say, <laughs> uh, "Mr. Hoffman, would you like your room clean tomorrow?" and I'd say, "Well, yes, I would," and they'll say, "Well, that'll be twenty additional dollars." That's going to be uh, there. That's not going to be pretty. What happens after that?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, by the way i i what is the deal why do dumpsters get such a bad rap you know we talked a lot about oh the dumpster in the picture whether they photoshopped the dumpster out i mean poor dumpsters just get no love at all i know and you so much anyway. enjoy
0: sleeping near them
1: no i'm <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: All well, right, you listen. It was
1: back in my back in my homeless days. So we have
0: one. We have one more uh, important segment here. We're going to talk a little bit about a uh, Delta and Starbucks have gotten together so that you can fly and drink coffee and get credit for both somehow uh, along there the way. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about that and also what what really is the value of some of these rewards programs. That's coming up next right here on the Travel Guys.
1: Hey, it's us again. I've always wanted to say that, and it's somebody that just tuned in. They're going, who is who, us? Who is us? I don't even know. Yeah. Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano, every Saturday, or I'm sorry, every, <laughs> every Sunday, three to four here on the radio, it is the Travel and Entertainment Guys, and we're we're going to talk about an interesting marriage here, Delta and Starbucks. I've always thought it would be great if uh, I could get something... Uh, besides my expensive Starbucks coffee. you know, sounds to me like now I can get, I don't know, Delta miles. What's the deal? And, and, you,
0: and you can. And this, this just came in from Delta just while we were in that commercial break. It appears as though a bunch of seats have opened up on Delta flights between Los Angeles and Philadelphia later next week because apparently Dodger fans won't have any reason to be going to Philadelphia to watch their team. So if you're thinking you are about so,
1: – You are so bad. <laughs>
0: Just thought I'd slip that in. Anyways, uh, Delta and Starbucks, yeah, this is kind of a, a, an unusual combination. But when you, if you've ever been <laughs> – this is kind of interesting in Sacramento because Delta isn't in the Starbucks terminal. But if you've ever been in the uh, newer terminal in, South, in Sacramento where the Starbucks coffee is upstairs behind security, um, there's frequently a long line there. And, mm-hmm. of course, there is a Starbucks in the other uh, terminal, but it's on the – other side of security so you can't bring your starbucks you have to ingest it before you come in anyway starbucks and delta have announced a new program um it's probably not going to change your life but it might get you some free goodies we put, posted a link to it at travelguysradio.com but basically if you link the two accounts you get a bonus on each of them you get double starbucks stars on the days that you're traveling on delta And in addition, you get the regular benefits that you get on Delta Airlines and Starbucks. So what it means is that you'll be able to earn Starbucks treats a little bit quicker, and it doesn't cost you anything. Now, this is really critical because a lot of these bonus programs and things are requiring you. They're trying to drive you towards credit card spend because this is where the money is. And they don't really care if you fly on the airplane or stay in the hotel or rent the car anymore. They only care if you use their branded rental, their branded credit card to pile up as many bills as you can so that then they get a small percentage of that. So it doesn't matter whether you ever cross their threshold or not. So these programs like Delta and Starbucks have created, um, just know that, you know, obviously if you belong to their loyalty programs already, they're, taking some information, some personal information from you and using that to figure out how to best market to you and other people in your demographic. So that's fine. You've already given into that. So going one step further is not going to probably be an issue for you. But when you get into some of these things where you've got to, you know, take out a credit card or you've got to spend so much money in such a period of time, um, those are really sucker bets. I mean, they really are. The, the, the airlines and the hotels are moving the goalposts so often. That a hotel room in New York City that used to cost fifty or 60,000 points at its highest zenith now will be fifty or 60,000 points on an off day and might cost you 150,000 points to get for one night on a really critical night when there's a big convention in town or something going on. So you've got that credit card. They promise you seventy-five or 100,000 bonus miles, points, whatever, if you spent so much money in a period of time and you're like, wow, this will get me – x when you go to get x you find that yeah. the goalposts have moved and now now you can't get that anymore
1: yeah x is actually not much of anything i you know i can see this uh with the delta starbucks thing well they'll have special days or certain situations where if you if you spend a little more on your starbucks or you fly a little bit more on your delta you'll get uh some extra points along the way that here again don't add up to a to a whole bunch. No, but,
0: but uh, at least it didn't, at, at least it's not costing you something. Uh, people are reporting who get these credit cards, and undoubtedly these po- folks who do these credit cards know this, that they're willing to spend 30 to 40% of them say that they're willing to spend money that they wouldn't have normally spent on that credit card in order to get that bonus, which turns out to not be worth as much as they thought it was in the first place. So, word to the wise is just be aware that these folks, this is a sucker game. And these guys are moving the goalposts all the time. If you can earn these points in these miles without costing you a tremendous amount of money and use them to your benefit, then good for you. Then you are beating the game. If you are paying money in order to play the game in some way, shape, or form, then that's probably not – the benefit that you're accruing at the end of the day is not going to be so great. And so just be careful of that. Um, Like I said, this Delta and Starbucks thing is a perfect example of an innocuous program that might get you a free Frappuccino sometime. Um, So good for you. But if it's something that costs you $500 in order to earn 10 free Frappuccinos, why then, that probably wouldn't quite add up. So just be smart. When it comes to these credit card offers and know that a lot of people are making a lot of money. The person whose website is offering it to you is probably making a cut or a percentage. Um, Certainly the people that it's branded on are making a percentage. The credit card company has to make a percentage. So when you see these things where it's 3% off when you pay cash instead of a credit card, and it's a big build, and it's something that you might want to consider because the credit card isn't always the, the end-all that you, that you think it is in terms of benefits that it offers.
1: Well, there you go. Read the, read the fine print. Think Absolutely. hard about it. Uh, and as Mark always says, don't buy airline miles. And We won't go into when it Ever. might be advantageous, but it's probably like never. Yeah. All right. That wraps up another Travel Guys uh, radio program. Check us out at TravelGuysRadio.com.
0: We are back with you next Sunday. I'm headed off to Santa Barbara. Remember to dance like nobody's
1: watching. All right, my friends, you have a great rest of your week. Stay well now. We'll see you next week right here on The Travel Guys.